Uh, what was your golf score the last round you played? Uh, before your shoulder was injured. Three under par. Ooh, three under par. Ooh. That's what the professionals shoot, isn't it? Well, if they're lucky. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the new look talking golf. My name's Rod Murray and I'm excited today to bring you a very special interview recorded for us by one of the game's most respected writers with one of the game's most respected players. Scotland's John Huggan has known Solheim Cup captain Katrina Matthew for the best part of two decades and not only has he written extensively about her career in that time but has also come to consider Matthew somewhat of a friend. The pair are in Australia this week and next for the Vic Open and Australian Women's Open and that seemed like too good an opportunity to miss. So I put a microphone and a digital recorder between them and let Huggy do his thing. This is the first in what I hope will be an ongoing series with Huggy, whose knowledge of the game is only exceeded by his list of impressive contacts. To hear Huggy talk golf with some of the smartest people in the business is the sort of content that this game, frankly, needs more of. This is a ripping 45 minutes or so of chat, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. But it's also a peek into the type of content that you can expect here on the Talk and Golf podcast feed. Each week, we'll be rotating between the Talk and Golf history show with Connor Lewis and mixing that in with a range of interviews like today's, plus some material from the Talk and Golf archive and whatever else might come up week to week. Look, I'll be honest and admit that what we're doing here is a bit of an experiment, and any and all feedback is welcome helpful and important for that very reason. If you'd prefer to see each of these shows have their own separate feed, that's something I'm more than happy to look into. But if you love the eclectic mix of different content popping up each week, I'm all ears to that idea as well. Ultimately, the aim is to add something worthwhile to the golf landscape. We want to produce the sort of podcasts that make people think critically about the game and its future, and indeed, it's past. We want to celebrate everything we love about golf while acknowledging that these are turbulent times and they require all golfers to be part of the conversation about what happens next. In terms of timetable, at this stage, the, TG, the Talking Golf History Show is slated to run every two weeks and most of the in-between weeks will see some sort of update along the lines of what you'll hear today. Though I can tell you that if I can't organise something worthwhile for those off weeks, I won't be posting anything at all. So there may be the odd gap in the schedule though I think, I think that they'll be few and far between. That's a little update about what we're doing. So it's a big welcome to everyone who's listening. It's great to have you along for the journey. Now, you can get in touch and let me know what you think of this show and anything else that we do via email at history at talkandgolf.com. That's history at talkandgolf.com or on Twitter at at Rod underscore Mori. That's at Rod underscore Mori. I'm on Twitter a lot, so you're a good chance to catch me if you send me a message. There's also a Talking Golf Facebook page, which I check regularly, though I probably don't update as much as I should. That is something that I'll be looking to improve on in coming weeks. Now, there's also a Talking Golf website where you'll find not only this show, but also the popular State of the Game podcast, the I Seek Golf podcast, and I'm also very proud to say the Feed the Ball podcast with Derek Duncan. I invited Derek to list his show on the page because what we're trying to achieve is a network of quality golf shows. And I was delighted when he said yes, because let's be frank, in terms of quality, they don't come much higher than Derek and Feed the Ball. So check that out at TalkingGolf.com. And while you're there, also click on the Golf Course Study Tours tab for details about our upcoming trip to Barnboogle Dunes in May. It's going to be three days of full golf nerdery with Mike Clayton. And while we're there, we're going to do a special live recording of the State of the Game podcast. We will also take your questions. That might be the thing I'm looking forward to more than any other 
in 2019. That's under the Golf Course Study Tours tab at the Talk and Golf website. Lastly, before we get underway, while we're on the subject of communication, myself and Connor are keen to take your questions for the History Podcast, but if you're going to send them via Twitter, it's crucial that you use the hashtag TG History. I'll put a reminder about that in the show notes, but it's really important. If you don't include the hashtag TG History, we may not see your question. If we don't see it, we can't answer it. And when I say we can't answer it, I mean Connor can't answer it, because let's be honest, he's the expert. I'm just along for the ride. That's enough for my intro. A long one, I know, but I hope it's given you an idea of what we're up to. Now, let's get on to the good stuff. John Huggan and Katrina Matthew. Right, Benny. Thanks for doing this. No problem. Um, you and I are from the, the same part of the world. We grew up in the joyous confines of East Lothian. Um, when I was growing up, I didn't see many wee girls running about at golf courses. I mean, I was at Dunbar, you were at North Berwick, but were you the kind of odd one out? I mean, were, was yeah, there I mean, a group? There weren't, there weren't many. Um, there was myself, from I think from high school, uh, Jane Ford, who was a couple of years ahead of me, and hmm. then maybe a, another girl couple of years younger than me but there weren't many of us not many of us who played golf but yeah. um yeah I played did play probably most of my golf at Gullen growing up and um you know a lot of the better players tended to yeah gravitate it's a strong towards ladies there. club so was, yeah at that point it was a, a you know a strong ladies section mm-hmm. did that make it harder for you to, to did you ever feel a wee bit you know this is not for me because I'm not part of the gang if you like not at all, actually. No. I think um, I had two older brothers, so yeah. I was used to, yeah. you know, hanging around with the boys anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, for me, I was probably not even aware of it, to be honest. Right. Were you the ultimate tomboy, looking back? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were quite talented at sporting generally. I mean, I remember speaking to um, Harvey Walker from Gullen, who you'll know. Yeah, his, his wife was your gym teacher. teacher. That's right. And yeah. I remember him saying to me that she'd said to him, that you were the most talented all-round sports person that she'd ever taught. Yeah, I mean, I played a lot of sport. I mean, I think that was where sometimes it gets a little lost now. People specialise too early. Yeah. Um, I was lucky I played um, probably badminton, actually, was my main sport till I was about 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and then played a lot of hockey as well. Um, and then I suppose just as you start getting kind of 15, 16, you have to... Because there's so many... You have to start choosing one over yeah. another yeah. Uh, just to go to different events. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Golf was the one I picked in the end, um, probably because I won the most at it, so it was a, an easy choice. Well, yeah, there's always that. Well, how good were you at the other ones? I mean, I know you were pretty good at badminton, weren't you? Yeah, I played for Scotland yeah. uh, under 16s, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Badminton, I was usually the, if there was four in a team, I'd be the fourth one. Right. So, uh, and hockey, um, I think I got to kind of like the East District and then had to, golf took over, mm-hmm. so I had yeah. to pull out of that. It's easier to get out of team events, isn't it? Yeah, and by that point I had started winning a few girls' events at golf and mm-hmm. so stuck at it. Yeah, run me through your progress. I mean, what sort of time, what your handicap would be at what age? And, you, know. you know what, I've absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't honestly tell you, did I start at 35? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You I, were got to, I got to plus five, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. I wish I could play to every round now. Well, you'd make a lot of money doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, why golf then? Um, <coughs> well, I think, um, obviously, my, my parents played, my two older brothers played. Um, you know, we lived just very close to the little nine-hole course at North Berwick. Mm-hmm. Um, played in the little kind of under-ten competitions there, kind of got me into it. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I just started playing locally in different things, medals, and then kind of East Lothian, and, you know, I was winning things. So, I mean, that then you go on and play in mm-hmm. different things and national things and yeah. um, had success, and I think that makes you, obviously, yeah. when you're good at something, it makes you want to well, practice absolutely. and get better. How, how competitive were you? Um, Mentally. I say I'm very competitive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In everything? In everything, yeah. I think yeah. you have to be. To be a professional athlete, I think you have to be competitive. I mean, I think everyone out here would be mm-hmm. would say they're competitive. Now, were you one of these people that enjoyed winning more than you hated losing, or vice versa? I was probably one of these people who, if I went out and played a county match against someone you know I should beat, I would be wanting to try and beat them 10 and 8. <laughs> Yeah. So no, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> you should be embarrassed. Yeah, by that, yeah, I mean, but it's very when you know that. when you know you're meant to beat them. I suppose I would challenge myself to see how much I could beat someone by. Mm-hmm. But that's I'm saying that's very unscottish. We're kind of brought up to be, you know, oh, don't be big headed and don't, you know. But just uh, because I wanted to do that doesn't mean I tell everyone I no, wanted to do no, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's maybe the difference. Yeah, yeah. And run me through the all the teams and the. Things that you won is—I mean, you won the Scottish title twice and the British. Yeah, won the uh, Scottish um, maybe won, three times actually. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, won so. the British um, second in the world amateur. I think that year Annika won it, and Pat Hurst and myself were joint runner-ups. Right. So um, yeah, I kind of won everything there was to win. Spanish amateur yeah. um, played in all the teams that you could play in, so um, it was kind of a natural progression. I just wanted to. You know, test myself and see see if I was good enough to turn pro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I suppose at the time there, there wasn't as much ladies golf and professional golf and TV, or you didn't hear about it perhaps yeah. quite as much. So well, you would always have had to go to America at yeah. that point. Yeah, that was yeah. the only place, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I always wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I did go to university in Scotland, I always wanted to. I just felt the best players were over there, mm-hmm. and that was where I wanted. I always think yeah. you've got to play against people better than you. Yeah. Was there a moment where you thought, I'm, I'm definitely going to turn pro, this is what I want to do? I think probably after I won the British. Mm-hmm. And that was maybe 93. I won the Scottish and the British the same year. Yeah. You know, yeah. playing the Curtis Cup, the Scottish team for years. So I think that was the... Yeah. When I won that, I thought, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. Now, you went to the, you know, this fine educational establishment at Stirling, you know, you've got to be incredibly intelligent to go there and graduate um, what brought that about, because there must have been offers to go to the States at that point, what made you go to Stirling? Um, you know, I think at the time I always felt you know, I always felt I wanted a degree that would be perhaps recognised more in Britain, right. so I, w- I was never one who wanted to go and say, live in America, yeah. so um you know, I, will, I suppose that's the Scottish upbringing. I wanted something to fall back on. I was kind of realistic in that not everyone makes it. And I was fortunate nope. in that I did in the end. But, um, you know, I wanted to have something to fall back on in case mm-hmm. after three or four years, you know, it yeah. just wasn't working out for me. Mm. And what was your degree? Uh, counting. Mm. I know. Very lucky I made it at golf. <laughs> <laughs> and you met your husband at Stirling. Tell me about that. Yeah, I've met Graham. He had actually gone out to the States, to East Tennessee State, uh-huh. for, I think he stayed six months, mm-hmm. and realised it wasn't for him. So he came back and uh, went to Sterling on a golf scholarship as well. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, where we met. And how did that come about? Well, I suppose we were both in golf scholarships. Yeah. Um, you know, he was studying counting as well, so... Um, right. That was how it happened. So your, your eyes met across a, <laughs> an accounting book. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 
did you go straight to the States? You did, from basically, from I did, yes. graduation. I did, yes. Um, I think I played in two European events, the Battalion Open and the Dutch Open. And then I went to Q School in the States. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, I was probably quite naive and didn't realise what I'd be missing if I didn't get in, which in a way made it easier. Right. Um, so I was lucky enough to get through first time and then, you know, just went from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, did it, when you first started over there, how did you feel about the, the standard of your play versus, you know, the, the absolute stars? There must have been an intimidation factor. I mean, was Annika the best player already or Carrie Webb? Who were the no, best? And Laura would maybe be the ones, best player. The best ones when I first started would have been um, Meg Mallon, Beth Daniel, Patty Sheehan, Laura, Lisa Lott. Because mm-hmm. um, Annika's just mu- much the same age as me. She yeah. So it would probably be three or four years. I've been on tour probably four or five years before she yeah. um, became Anne Carrie. So yeah. those ones were probably just finishing the peak of their career. Mm-hmm. So it was great to have played with all those yeah, all those players. Yeah. We kind of skipped past the Curtis Cup. Um, how important was that in, in learning how good you were? I mean, everybody says team golf is different. What was your experience of it? I mean, I loved it, team golf. I mean, I think the, the camaraderie of playing in a team um, is great. I mean, it's still great friends with some of the people I played in the, mm-hmm. in the Curtis Cup with. Um, I mean, I think the first one I played in... 90 at uh, Somerset Hills was just all looking back all just too much for, for me just kind of overawed by it all probably the first time mm-hmm. I'd been out in the States but um, you know, I ended up playing in another two and uh, we won the one in Hoy Lake and then tied in Tennessee mm-hmm. and I think by then I was kind of a bit more used to I think you just you get um, more more used to the, that kind of atmosphere and things mm-hmm. and I think that definitely helped me uh, yeah. before I turned pro just yeah. to get used to playing <coughs> playing in America and you got used to you, you saw the players and in the end you did realise they weren't really any better yeah I always think there's an inbuilt advantage to the in the Britain against America or Europe against America now for the British players because we grow up playing so much team golf from club level all the way up county national especially foursomes which is a bit of a dark art, mm. especially for Americans. Now, is this an apocryphal tale, or did you and Janice Moody actually play foursomes properly in the Salheim mm. Cup? Did, yeah, in what the, do you the, mean by properly? Did, did you one of you only one of you went back to the tee and the other one walked forward and waited for the ball, which oh, nobody no, no, seems no, to do. You never do that in something like that. <laughs> you have to go back to the tee, yeah. support your teammate. Yeah, but did you? So you didn't do that. No, we didn't do that. No, so I was to I was team. told that you'd actually done it, and that everybody was kind of, oh my god, what are you doing? You know? No, I, I don't. I know. Yeah. I wasn't. No, I don't yeah. think so. Wait, wouldn't it be better if they did in these teams? <laughs> I mean, I think the the pace of play in those team events is so slow anyway. If you yeah. did that, you'd be waiting well, but if, if everybody did it. I mean, I think the whole thing, you're, you're, mm. it's nice to be down there with your partner. Holding hands? It's oh, a driver. Come on. Right. Hit your driver. Moral support. On, the, on this 470-yard par four. Oh, Moral de- support it's, in front it's, of all, it's the, all the crowds. definitely a driver. It's oh. not quite the same as your... Winter foursomes. Nah, come on, I'm not having that. I think it'd be. I think at Scotland you do that because it's so cold in the winter. That's well, you know, yeah. so you can get round in yeah. two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you're aware at, the, at Muirfield they have these foursomes paths yeah. through the rough. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to, to be forward. fair, foursomes and playing it that way in the winter is great. Oh, absolutely. It's a cold day. You can mm-hmm. nip round, and it's, yeah. it's a great idea. Mm. Now you've never um, moved full time to America. You've always lived in North Berwick. Um, what was behind that decision? Would it not have been easier? 
for the pair of you, especially before the kids came along? Well, I mean, we did have a place. Uh, <coughs> I mean, we had a we kind of based ourselves in Florida. Always kept a place in North Berwick as well. Yeah. But um, you know, we would spend probably seven, eight months in America yeah. um, when we first started out. But mm-hmm. um, probably ultimately always knew we wanted to live back in Scotland. Mm-hmm. We just prefer, I mean, I suppose it's just what, what we know and we just preferred that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what of the um, development of the LPGA Tour over your, what, 25 years now playing full-time? I mean, I think the... the I mean, a couple of the biggest differences... I mean, one of the biggest differences is the the breadth of talent now, just the countries it comes from. I mean, mm-hmm. when I first started, it was predominantly American with a few Europeans and perhaps the odd Japanese player. But, yeah. I mean, now I think I saw there was like 27 countries represented in the LPGA. So in that respect, it really is a world tour now. And I mean, I would say obviously the, the standard. I mean, not necessarily that the, the top one, the best ones are any better. I think it's just the, the depth of talent everyone on tour. When yeah. I first started, you could... Probably in all, if you're being realistic, probably 25 people might have the chance of winning each week. Mm-hmm. But now, you'd be hard pressed to just for anyone in the field probably had a chance would have a chance of winning. Yeah, I mean you've seen the rise and rise of the the, the Asian ladies. They're, they're mm. incredible, talented, and the number of them. I mean, why is that? <laughs> why do you think that this is? I think happened? that's the question everyone. Yeah. In, yeah. The rest of the world wants to know. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're remarkable, isn't it? It is. I mean, all yeah. really since Siri and what was that? The late nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then it's just boomed since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the South Koreans. I mean, they're all just got you know textbook swings nearly. Um, you know, great players. They just don't make many mistakes. And now. I would say Thailand's probably the country everyone's coming from now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I suppose that spurs everyone on to getting better, whether it's just sheer numbers that they have playing over there. Um, yeah. It is a different culture. Mm-hmm. People always say that perhaps they practice harder. I'm not entirely sure if that's correct, but um, I think it's, it's sheer numbers and the fact that probably women's golf um, perhaps gets more recognition over there, which pushes more girls to want to play it. Yeah. I mean, one one of the criticisms I have of the the men's game at the very highest level now is that the equipment has dumbed down the the, the shaping of shots. It, it's become a science, more, almost more than an art. And, and golf should at its best is an art, I think, more than a science. How has that been the same in the women, or maybe not quite to the same extent, just because of the power aspect? I mean, I don't it? think to the same extent. Um, obviously, I would say the. The rescues are the clubs that have made the biggest difference in yeah. the women's game. I think it's just purely from club head speed, we find it's tough for us to get you know a four iron, a three iron up in the air. Mm-hmm. So that's I would say the rescues probably have made the biggest difference. Yeah. So you can and play longer par threes, basically. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. think they've probably made the biggest difference. Um, and people, technology, obviously, everyone's hitting it a bit further. Um, I mean, I'm probably hitting it further now than I did when I first turned pro. But mm-hmm. um, I think the courses. We don't hit it long enough that the courses are obsolete. They still yes. are a challenge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's nowhere you can't go. You can't. You can still play Sunningdale. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a. <coughs> I lament that hugely at the, in the men's game. I mean, I, I can't believe that a game, golf is the only game where they've screwed around with the, the venues to suit the equipment, rather than screwing yeah, with. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a shame. I mean, because we. I mean, I think the ladies. Obviously, we can go back. And you're still playing courses where you're having, you know, par fives you can't reach, par fours where you're having to hit a rescue in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I mean, but for the men, I mean, I do watch quite a lot of golf on TV, and you know, they just seem to it's wedges everywhere. Right. Well, I, I'm of the opinion that the the most of them could go around with about seven or eight clubs and be okay. What would be the number for the women, do you think? I mean, I think, I mean, that's always what I think is you tell a good course by is if you, if you use every club in the yeah, bag. Absolutely. I mean, I think... But I don't the, see that anymore. For the, the women's level. game, I think they could set up a course where you hit every club in the bag. Mm-hmm. It's still possible. It I would think, be easier. Yeah. I don't think it's possible for the men. No, no it would have to be 9,000 yards yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with a mixture of you know short par fours and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, we have to talk about the Solheim Cup, which has been a huge part of your career. Mm. Um, how much did it mean? Yeah, you know, well, you've had your disappointments as well. I mean, it was not as if it's been plain sailing all the way. I mean, you were controversially left out of one match. Mm. Um, how has it been for you now? Your captain as well. You, you've kind of seen it from every angle. My my feeling on the Solheim Cup is that. Uh, it doesn't get the credit it deserves. I mean, it gets a fair bit of publicity at the time, but nobody, I mean, I nobody the, follows the qualifying in the same way that they follow for the Ryder Cup. I mean, that's symptomatic of women's golf. doesn't get the attention it probably deserves vis-a-vis the men. I mean, what's your feeling on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, yeah. I think I first played in 98 at uh, Muirfield Village. And, you know, obviously over the... The time, it, it, I mean, it's grown hugely from what it was then. Mm-hmm. A bit like the the Ryder Cup's grown yeah. from what it first started mm-hmm. out as. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's not as um, it's not as big as the as the Ryder Cup. I think in, for women's golf, it's the probably the biggest event in the, in the world. Um, mm-hmm. For women's sport, actually, it might be one of the most televised mm-hmm. um, in the world. So uh, you know, to have the chance, I've played in nine, which I mean, I I, I think. The more I played in, the more I enjoyed them. I think the first one, like the first Curtis Cup, you're just mm. a bit overawed. Yeah. Um, mm. But once you've, I think, played in a couple, you know, I, I just loved them again, just that camaraderie and, um, you know, obviously delighted to be captain. And in Scotland, um, you know, it couldn't be any better. Mm. What, what, what have been the highlights and the lowlights in Solheim Cup? Um, well, the first one I played in, I um, managed to lose the... The losing point, That's or the that, yeah. let to mm. uh, was it Sherry Steinher? I think beat mm. me in the singles, so that wasn't uh, wasn't a high. <laughs> and then I've been lucky enough at Barcelona, I got the winning point. Yeah. So uh, you know, I've seen both sides of it. Mm-hmm. But win or lose, I mean, it's a it's. I mean, obviously everyone's there wanting to win, but it is a, a great event. I mean, I think the the golf last time at Des Moines was just was quite phenomenal I mean mm-hmm. I think that Anna Lexi match yeah it was terrific uh, yeah. was unbelievable golf mm-hmm. do you worry a little bit as I do slightly um, about the future of it if the Asian ladies continue to dominate or even more than they're already doing that the sec- the Solheim Cup is going to be looked upon as not, not second rate is the right way to put it but that we're going to be too much focus on who's not there rather than who is? I don't think so. I think there's enough rivalry between Europe and America. Um, I mean, no one really says anything if some of the, say when Adam Scott or Greg Norman mm-hmm. didn't bother about in the Ryder Cup. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, I mean, I think there's enough rivalry and there's enough good players in Europe and America to... Uh, mm-hmm. There's no need to change it or anything. There's no scope for a, you know, a triangular... Thing that you, know, you I don't think so. I mean, I think if they wanted something, <laughs> you'd have to go down perhaps a President Cup route. Um, uh, yeah. I don't think you want to change. Mm-hmm. I think if you add another team, it just would um, yeah. need a, a different event. Ah, yeah, you'd have to call it something else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, what would the Asian team be? I mean, the, would it just be Korea or could Thailand have their own team? I mean, how, how would that work? Or would Asia? 
Or would you do like a President's Cup and just have America against the rest of the world, excluding Europe? (laughs) Is that not what they... Well, yeah, that's exactly what they they do. But would that work in the women's game? I mean... Europe, if, if Europe was winning the the, the Solheim Cup, why would it be America do, against them? You the, could do Europe and America against the rest of the world. Well, yeah, you exactly. Know, you could that, do something mm, slightly different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that would be... A, mm-hmm. I'd watch that. I mean, there's lots of uh, different scenarios you could have, but that could be one, and then mm. makes it kind of different from the President's Cup. Yeah. We, you and I have talked a bit in the, you know, in the past, off and on, about the, you know, the level of attention that you get. I mean, I, I've, I've written this... That I was at a, I think it was an Open Championship qualifying, pre-qualifying thing at, at North Berwick two or three years ago. Um, you had just played in the U.S. Women's Open in America the week before and come about sixth or whatever. You were certainly in the top ten, mm. and I was standing at the scoreboard at the North Berwick clubhouse, looking at the numbers, and glanced to my left, and there you were, with a shopping trolley and a. Tesco plastic bag and two children walking past and nobody looked at you. You know. Well, that's what's so nice about. Well, where I, I live. yeah, I understand that, that there's a there's a nice aspect to that, but you know what I'm saying. You know that you don't get the recognition that if you'd been a man and done had the career that you'd had in men's golf. You'd be, I think if you're in your hometown, people are used to seeing you. Well, yeah, even but, if you were yeah. one of the men. Mm, but so. there was a lot of people around there that weren't locals that day. Mm. You know, and you just walked on by. You know. Yeah, well, maybe you'd see me with two kids in the shopping. Well, that's didn't true. I didn't, didn't want to help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean, if you, I know, I know what you mean. Um, <clears throat> do, I mean, do you I ever think, think to yourself, "What if if I'd been?" You know. I mean, I think um, you know it has. I think in the last probably ten years, it really has started to improve. I mean, I think definitely women's sport mm. in general is getting more recognition. Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, you see netball, cricket, football on TV now, which you never used to. Mm. Um, I think women's golf's got to make sure they don't get taken over or, you know, get let these other sports kind of get past them. They've got to keep up and keep on the TV. But, um, mm. yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, I mean, you don't get the same recognition as the men do, but I think it's definitely improving. And it depends where you go in, in the world as well. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously, in Asia, you're recognised far more than you are yeah, in, exactly. in Europe. Yeah, you're much higher profile. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as I say, I think, you know, I stick up for you, but to the extent that if you'd been a man, you'd be, you know, there'd be posters in the street (laughs) with your face on it sort of thing. You know, I mean, Colin Montgomery, you've won a major. Colin Montgomery never won a major. He's won more tournaments than you. Yeah, he's won a lot of tournaments. He's not to diminish what what Colin achieved, which was considerable, but you Mm. know what I mean? It's... If you'd won the British Open and, you know, Georgia Hall won the British Open last year... Well, I think that just shows how it's progressed. You know, that's ten years, say, since I won it. Yeah. Um, And I think she did get more recognition. I think she was kind of snubbed at the... The the sports personality thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's still... Obviously, it could still get better. Hmm. Um, But you've got to start somewhere. And it's it's never going to just be the same instantly overnight. Basically, what I'm asking is, do you never get just pissed off? That women's golf doesn't get the... It's, it, is it, it's not really worth it. I mean, I, I yeah. think we are... It is getting there. As mm-hmm. I say, it's not going to happen overnight. So is it worth getting overly annoyed about it all? Yeah. Um, maybe You're not, I'm just the wrong personality. So, maybe I should be getting more annoyed well, than I do. Well, yeah, I, I think you could... I mean, I suppose at times, you know, yeah. it does... It, it does annoy you, but what's, what's the point, really? And... Yeah, well, I think you, you should all be shouting a bit louder, you mm. know. I think. The, I mean, maybe that's the Scottishness coming out. You don't want to aye, yeah, kind of yeah. 
So we're not going to see you chained to the railings outside Buckingham Palace or 10 Downing Street or wherever, you know. No, no. Not that I've got anything against people who do that. That's, <laughs> it's just not my not my personality. No, no. So, okay, well, we'll make you um, queen for a day then. I mean, what would you what would you like to see in the progression of women's golf over the next five, ten years? At um, professional and, you know, club level. I mean, obviously, I'd want to see, certainly in Britain, more girls playing golf would mm. be the main thing. Um, trying to get um, equal prize money more. I think more mixed events like this one. Um, I think just trying to raise the profile of it and get more, more girls playing. I think the more, the more girls you can get playing, uh, the profile will raise. Mm-hmm. But how would you do that? I think you've got a role to play in that. When I mean, that's, especially when you're finished with your own career. I mean, mm. you could be out and about going to the I schools. I mean, it is and, tricky. Um, you know, obviously, I have two daughters myself, and you know, golf's not their favourite sport. Um, you know, I've got to kind of drag them out. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe some of that's because of you know it's taken me away from them. But yeah. um, you know, it is tricky. There's so much. There's so many opportunities. I think nowadays. Um, for mm-hmm. for people that um, you know, it's tough to get them into. It. Is it has it been harder? Do you think um, being a, for a woman doing what you do to be away from home as much? Is it harder than it would be for a man? Well, it's a tricky one actually. Is that, is that um, a sexist question? I'm not sure it is, but it, it, you know, it's been, not meant to be. Obviously, I mean, you, I've been very lucky in having Graham. I mean, there'd be a lot yeah. of husbands who wouldn't have been willing to. Yeah. You know, to let me go and work, and mm-hmm. you know him stay at home and look after the, the yeah. children once they started school. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've obviously I've been very lucky that he's been progressive enough to yeah. feel quite mm-hmm. confident to yeah, do that. Well, you know, I don't think anybody thinks any less of him for mm-hmm. that. You know, but uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of men might not have been willing to do that. No, take the true. kind of backstage. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, I think it is, you see that more. You just see who goes and picks up the kids at school. You see definitely more mm-hmm. more fathers picking them up. Yeah. than perhaps she used to. Mm. Was it how hard was it for you though? It's difficult being away. Um, you know, at times I wish it was me staying at home and Graham going away to play golf. But mm-hmm. um, oh god, wouldn't that, <laughs> you wouldn't be making much money doing that. I'm sorry. But I mean, we were lucky that um, obviously we travelled together, and then they travelled with us. You know, before they started school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it is difficult when when I'm away. I try not to do more than three weeks. Um, I think I actually thought as they get older, it might get easier, but. Um, I think I'm finding that they actually want me at home more mm-hmm. now they're kind of getting into that they've got no desire to go to the tournaments that'd be kind of boring for them is it at the stage they're at yeah pretty yeah. boring for them yeah they mm-hmm. watch a couple of holes and it's yeah, not yeah. overly exciting no I can imagine <laughs> yeah well how old are they now they are nine 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 and uh, twelve yeah so they're, they're into you know their own things at yeah. that point yeah yeah, yeah. The, um, so again, looking forward. Um, you're Solheim Cup captain this year. I mean, you might, I'm, not, I'm sure you must be sick of talking about it. But uh, how much of an honour did you see that as? And as it, it's kind of natural progression, having played as often. I mean, I mean it was uh, always going to be part of your future, wasn't it? A huge honour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I first played, I probably never even imagined that I would be captain one time. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously, I was lucky enough to to play in nine. Um, and to have the chance and, and to do it in Scotland is just, you know, a huge honour. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really looking forward to it, not looking forward to the speeches, but uh, looking for, just looking forward to the event and, you know, picking the team and I think that'll be, you know, picking the pairings. I think that'll be, that'll be good fun. What sort of captain are you going to be? Are you going to be, you, you've got, there's a hard part to it, as you've kind of touched on there, uh, you've got to tell people they're not mm-hmm. playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, 
you know, I've spoken to a lot of past captains, Solheim and Ryder Cup, and I mean, I think it's just as long as you're you're you try and be open, communicate, and let people just want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's something I've learned over the the ones I've played in that the more you play and the more you realise that um, you not playing every game isn't the end of the world. Um, the main mm-hmm. thing is to try and win the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think that's easier the more you've played in. I think the, your first couple you kind of wanting and expecting to kind of play as mm-hmm. much as you can but um, I think that's probably just something with experience so I suppose you're you're looking for your more experienced players as well to, to help you with that yeah. but um, you know it's never easy telling someone I mean mm-hmm. at the end of the day the first two days it's only two thirds of the team that play so I mean mm-hmm. that's a third of them yeah. not playing mm-hmm. so um, you know it's never easy but um, you know just just something you need to do isn't it mm-hmm. Can you share or sell the vice captains too. well there you go that's, that's what they're for get Catherine Emery to do it um, so what sort of things have you learned if you can share some of that you know what doesn't work and what does work in, in a team environment and what are the important things to get right um, I would say the main thing is communication um, there's nothing I mean I've seen that from both sides in playing um, you know people want to know if they're playing and they want to know they, I think the main thing is they want to it, to be seen that the captain looks as though they know what they're doing. Hmm. I think if you if you take too long in the player's eyes to make a decision, it looks like you're yeah. you're not sure what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I think from the ones I've played in, that's probably what I've picked up on. Um, obviously, I was kind of the playing vice captain in the end, it turned mm-hmm. out, the last one. And I think you, you just have to be organised. Annika had lots of different options and mm-hmm. different things and what she was going to do. So yeah. um, I think I picked up on that, obviously, because you can have all your pairing's set and then something happens or someone maybe isn't playing as well or someone yeah. else is yeah. playing great so oh, a, you've got to have different options and you've got to be yeah. to be willing to yeah, adapt I, mean, I can't believe any captain's ever gone in with a plan and just mm. gone straight through with mm-hmm, that you know mm-hmm. I mean I'm not saying I'm sure I'll make mistakes I mean I think but yeah. um, all you can do is try your best mm-hmm. well, how are you with pairings I mean what do you pair personalities games how, what's your feeling on that or are you going to go down the Thomas Bjorn route with all the stats and you know, know how the course is going to be set up and pick players need, based on that. Yeah. I think you need to do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You need, obviously, to know how the course is playing and I think you need to see who else is in the team, experienced, not experienced, long hitters, short hitters, straight yeah. hitters. Yeah. So I think a lot of that, I think you need to take little bits of, of everything mm-hmm. um, and to, especially for the picks, to see who you're going to pick. Yeah, I mean, what's, uh, is your feeling on that we, again, we talked on this earlier today. But is the team going to look markedly different from the past, or is there going to be a wee bit of a core there that? And there will still be the. I mean, there'll still be the core um, players mm-hmm. in it. I would think probably yeah. six or seven. Um, mm-hmm. There's bound to be some new ones. There's always yeah. uh, you know new players that come up. Um, mm-hmm. I mean that you need that. You need that progression of, of different people coming through. But um, there's always the core of the team that yeah. kind of goes on. Well, it's like every team. You only ever pick the last two or three. Yeah, I mean, I've got four picks. I'm yeah. probably fully expecting the first two picks will be pick themselves, Absolutely. basically. Yeah, yeah, because not everybody will make it. But there's there's some players. I don't know whether you agree with this or not, but it always seems to me in teams, men, women, whatever, there's some of them just have to get close because they you want them to be there. Whatever. I think that's probably you're looking at the. Yeah. Perhaps a more experienced player that yeah. if they just show a little bit of form, yeah. you might say, "Well, you want them just for their experience more mm-hmm. than anything." Yeah. Now, tell me through the last time you touched on it that you were there as the assistant captain, and suddenly you were pitched into battle and did hell of a well. I yeah, mean, I that, mean, to be fair, I hadn't played particularly well that year, so no, um, no I didn't. Get, no complaints. No complaints yeah. about not no. getting picked. No. Um, you know, it was 
delighted to be going there as in my vice captain's role. And then, yeah. unfortunately, Suzanne got injured, um, so I got called in. And um, you know, in a way, it was quite a good way to finish because I, you know, I realised that that one that was going to be my last one I was going to play in. Um, so it was nice to come out with a win against Stacey in the yeah. in the singles. I mean, it was quite clear that you know, when as soon as it was announced that it was going to Glen Eagles that. You know, again, I'll say this because you know they would have had a hell of a hard time explaining somebody else's captain in Scotland. You know, so I mean, I think that's probably why they announced it so early. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, as you say, it probably wouldn't have been rocket mm-hmm. science if yeah. I wanted to do it. I probably mm-hmm. would, hopefully, have been offered. Ah, it like exactly. I was. And I'm interested in um, Laura Davis. Is a you know been a fantastic player in the in the Solheim Cup. We almost said mm. Ryder Cup there. <laughs> She's always said that she never wanted to be captain. Now suddenly she's appearing as an assistant to you. I mean, how how did you talk her into that, or did you have to? I didn't need to talk her into it at all. Um, Which is interesting. I could barely given get the public, you could know. barely get the question out, and yeah. uh, she was saying she wanted to do right. it. Um, did she say why? Given that she's been she's, so anti it. Well, I mean, she before. she played in the first twelve, so I mean, she's obviously got a real passion oh, for the Solheim yeah. Cup. I mean. Apart from Annika being Europe's best player, um, mm-hmm. so I think she she just she's always, as you say, said she didn't want to be captain. But um, I thought, why not vice captain? I mean, mm-hmm. I think I've listened to her on Sky with the commentary she's done in the last few, and I always thought, you know, she oh, came out with some really good stuff. So yeah. I thought she would be, you know, just a great person to have as a vice captain. To be I, honest, I, mean, I absolutely hundred percent agree. But I'm just surprised that she's doing it. But given all the things she'd said publicly before, yeah, you know. well. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you'd have to ask her, but I'm delighted that she's yeah, doing well, absolutely. it. <laughs> I think she's, and maybe it's just because she's in the background. I mean, yeah, her, yeah. her personality has never been one to. No, make I mean, I can't making say speeches is bad for. I mean, bad for you, but it's going to be a hundred times worse yeah. for her if she ever does yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I can fully see why someone perhaps wouldn't want to do it because um, it is. I mean, I'm not looking forward to that. Probably be the apart from telling people they're not in. That will be the the worst right. part of the week. Nah, but, yeah. um, I, mean, I get. I think the mature ones all know that that's part of the deal, and you know, you know. It's just, it's it's just, just one of these things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you have to yeah. do it. Yeah, and um, we're getting close to the end, I think. But um, we have to touch on the obvious individual highlight of your career, which is winning at at Lytham. Extraordinary, really, given that you'd been, you know, pregnant twelve mm. weeks before. Um, explain how the hell that happened. Basically, that's a, that's really what I'm getting to. <laughs> I mean, I suppose at the time, it's now probably looking back that. Uh, you know, I kind of realised what a big, big deal it was. I mean, at the time, um, you know, it was my second child, it was easier. I'm not the first one to say it was easier yeah. than the first one. So, recovered quicker. Um, and just, you know, started taking some shots probably eight weeks after I'd had Sophie. Um, and I think it was actually one of those weeks, I think I'd probably put too much pressure on myself before in the British wanting, you know, because I'd... Yeah. You, with playing in the LPJ, you very rarely played at home, so I think I put too much pressure on myself to try and play well. So went in there with really, I was thinking, you know, if I could get a top twenty, might give myself a chance of getting yeah. a Solheim Cup. So lower expectations help. <clears throat> you know, just from obviously past performances in it, I thought, you know, if I can show a bit of form, mm-hmm. you know, if maybe I got a chance of getting in the yeah. team. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just went out there, and obviously that Friday afternoon, um, or was it the Friday, my, my second nine on the Friday. Um, just did an amazing back nine and catapulted me up into the lead and um, just kind of went on from there yeah. I mean I think at the time I was just I mean I never really probably wasn't until I was leading on the Saturday evening that I thought God I maybe do have a chance of winning this mm-hmm. um, so yeah I mean I think I was just 
as you say, lower expectations just relax me probably a bit. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the few criticisms I've ever had of you as a golfer is that you haven't won as often as I think your talent level should have done. Mm. Would you agree with that? And if so, would you, what would be the reason or reason? I would agree with that. It? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I've had you know, I don't know, a lot of top tens, but as you say, didn't mm-hmm. win a prolific amount. Um, I mean, it's always difficult. I would say, I mean, I've not been a great stat person, but from my perspective, I would say it was probably, I just never quite hold enough putts. But then a stat person might say it's because you didn't hit it close enough, so. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, but from from my eyes looking at it, I would say I wasn't uh, perhaps quite a good enough putter. In the weeks I won, I putted Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, well, that that makes sense to me, that that you didn't hold enough of the... 12, 15 foot body yeah, putt just didn't points. hold them consistently enough I would yeah, say yeah. I was always um, I would say a good lag putter and then a good short putter but it was that kind of 10 to 15 feet I just didn't hold enough the off, body putts say. basically yeah because yeah. Yeah. I mean that's what I mean it's typ- typical of all golfers not just you I mean, yeah I mean you, everyone you, says they don't hold enough putts well <laughs> yeah but your long game gets you into contention and mm. then it comes down to how many putts you hold near the end you know, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or make the putts that you need to make so so any regrets on that front? What are the ones that live on in the memory that you thought, oh, God, how could I not win that? I mean, I think the LPG Championship when NB beat me in the playoff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I had... I think it was the first playoff hole, the 18th at Rochester, and I had... It was a two-tier green, the pin was at the front, and I had a seven-iron, and I thought that just cannot go long. And it hit, it just went, a, I think just being pumped up went a yard too far and stuck at the top. And if it had just been a yard less, it would have rolled down mm-hmm. tight and I'd have won it. Yeah. Um, that's probably the biggest, the biggest one. Yeah, because yeah, I had a look at your, your top four in every major except one, the Evian is the only <laughs> exception. We won't talk about the golf no. course at Evian. It's, Not my favourite. Uh, no, I think it's anybody's favourite, is it? You know. well, there's always a course out there that yeah. you don't like, isn't it? You yeah. just, for some reason, I've just never played well there. Ah, yeah. How do you feel about the five majors thing? Um, I'm putting you well, on I the suppose spot, if, yeah. I, if I'd played better at Evian over the years, I might have liked yeah. it more. But, mm. um, you know, it's just never been a course I've played well on. Um, at the time it became a major, it was good for the tour. Um, Maybe a bit of a traditionalist, and four would be nice, but mm-hmm. um, things change. Yeah, I mean, the, you've got to move with the times. The, the, does the future hold a, you know, an Asian major for the women? I mean, it probably should if you see yeah. where a lot of the majority of the yeah, players I mean, are. If from. you were starting over tomorrow, there would be one in Asia. Absolutely, at yeah. least one. Yeah, because that's. I mean, the, 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 I mean, I think golf has got so global now. It would be nice to see men and women's golf. You know, more of the majors mm-hmm. outside the US. Yeah. And just to finish up, we're, we're sitting here at the you know the Vic Open in Australia, long way from home. Uh, men and women playing together um, in the same, basically the same tournament alongside each other, mm. the same playing for the same money. Uh, how significant a development is that in going forward for especially for the women's game? I mean, I hear a lot of moans and groans that you, the, they don't get the money, they don't get the, the, the attention, they don't get the publicity. Now, I'm slightly disappointed this week because, at least symbolically, I know the money isn't huge, I know that the scheduling was late and all the rest of it, <coughs> but I do think that more of the top players should have made an effort just to come, and because they're getting the same money, just to say thanks very much, that we appreciate that, and, and 
you know, let's do more of this going forward. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it is a shame there aren't more of the top uh, ladies playing. Um, I mean, I think perhaps like the Olympics where a lot of the men didn't want to play the first time, I think maybe, but I think Tokyo you'll see all the top guys playing. So hopefully next year, you know, um, people who had more time, they've seen how it's worked. Um, So hopefully more will come come next year. Mm. Do you think this is the future? More, more of this kind of thing. I mean, the, the I women. Think, I think the women, especially, need to get involved with the men and even the senior men. And, you know, just do different, something different. You know? I think the women gain from it, and I think down the line, I think the men would as well, actually, because I mean, a golf seventy-two hole stroke play events, week in, week out. Mm. Even as an avid golfer, can get a little dull sometimes. So I think um, I'm not saying you'd want to do it every week, but I think no, um, you know things like this littered throughout the season is definitely good. Just mm-hmm. a variety, so people have a variety of things to watch. Yeah. How does your game compare with a man at the same kind of level? <laughs> God, it's a very difficult one. I mean, I'm never been one. I mean, we're never going to be able to compete distance-wise. No. Um, right, yeah. I think um, that's the difficulty if we have events like this is to uh, get the courses set up correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, where, I mean, I always... Because we're, we're, we're not here saying we can hit at the same distance as them. We're just liking to say if we could hit the same clubs into the greens. Yeah. And then... Well, that's the key. That's it? the yeah. key, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then then you can compare like with levels. like more. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, um, you know... If, if if that's not the case, you know, if if they're hitting four clubs less, obviously they're going to score better, but that's just because they've hit it further. Mm. And if we played comparable courses, I think there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of difference. Yeah. Now, you've, you've done what everybody does, and I do as well, when, I, when I'm comparing the men with the women. I always start off, and you just did, with what they do better than you, or they hit it, they hit it further. Well, I wasn't saying they do it better. I'm saying... Physically, they just hit it through. Yeah, yeah. It's not that that's but, better. It's just but, we just haven't got the strength. But here's the, ne- the, the, the next question: Is what do you do better than them? Is there anything? Well, I think the yeah. I mean, I think if you played, I'm not at the top of the game anymore. But I think if you played the top females against the top men on a course where you were hitting exactly the same clubs, then I think it would be pretty good competition. Mm. They need to do that, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I would. That hard. It can't I would that love hard. to watch that a Dustin Johnson up against a Riyad or you know, I think that'd be great hitting mm-hmm. the hitting the same clubs in. Yeah, I mean, I think oh. that would be great to see because I mean, there's no women here saying we can compete with the men off the no, same tees. I mean, that's just silly. You're playing a different game. Yeah, it's not, yeah. That's nothing to do with skill. Mm-hmm. That's just power and mm-hmm. strength. You know, because I think technically the women are the top women are just as good as the as the top men. If some of them are probably better. Well, I would argue that technically. Uh, I mean, because we have to hit it straighter because we don't have the strength to hit it out of the rough. Yeah. So, um, but then you could say we hit it straighter because we don't hit it. We don't have the club head speed. Mm. So, I mean, generally speaking, I think the, the women, I mean, the men are kind of gone towards it with the equipment. It, it, there's a sameness and, the, and there's a technique. If, they're more orthodox, whatever orthodox mm. is. Now, the women, I would argue, have always been a bit more technically correct than the men because they've had to be. Mm. Because they, the men can compensate for a, a goofy move in their swings with their strength and power and all the rest of it, much more than women can. Is that true? I mean, I see much more lovely swings. I mean, the, the, the girl I mean, I would say, is a classic example. Yeah. She's got a wonderful swing. Yeah, but I would say nowadays, I think with the teaching, the advances in teaching and video, most players now have pretty technically 
sound swings. Yeah. You don't quite... I mean, there's always still going to be the odd exception, but you don't see quite as many funky swings as you used to. Mm. I think that just comes down to better coaching and the, the yeah, see, I miss and that, video. I'd, I'd, you know, <laughs> I'd rather see some of that. I'd, and I'd rather see big sweeping hooks and mm. big, you know, people playing like Lee Trevino and Seve. And, well, you've got Bubba Watson. Well, oh, but he's not Seve or Trevino, <laughs> is he? I mean, is there anybody in the women's game doing that? That kind of thing? I mean, I suppose you've got, you know, someone like Brittany Lincecum hits the big draw, mm-hmm. um, plays with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got the few who, you know, who kind of shape the ball more. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I would say the majority are probably straighter rather mm-hmm. than having, you know, yeah. a fade or a, a draw. Yeah. Last question. Where Where is uh, Beanie going to be five years from now, ten years from now? Oh, um, I have no idea. Hopefully... Uh, I don't know. What? I've never been one to plan too far ahead. Um, so um, I just kind of... Everyone always says, oh, how long are you going to play for? And I've never been one to know. I've just said, I'll take each year as it comes and mm-hmm. see how I'm playing. So uh, who knows what opportunities might lie out there. But you're nearer the, the end than the beginning, aren't you? Let's, yes. Let's face it. Yes. Doesn't take a rocket scientist well, to figure well, that exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> very last question. How are you going to feel about retirement? If you ever, if, do people... Are you ever going to retire officially? I'm never going to come. I'm never going to come out and say well, I'm retired. No, yeah. um, I think you just stop playing, don't you, or just play a less. Um, yeah. You know, I'd love to play in the senior open, so you know I'll still play the odd event. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think um, especially now getting towards the end, you definitely take each year as it comes. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Enjoyed it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. I'm never playing golf with him again.